Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Healthy Me, presented by Pastor Floyd Sola. On January 5th, 2020. I believe that, that God has some really exciting things in store for us in 2020. For whatever reason, you know, it, it's a leap year. I don't know if you knew that or not. So we're going to have to adjust our calendars a little bit. So to me, that means that uh, um, God's going to do a little adjusting in us through the year too, because he's going to kind of move us off our norm and change things up a little bit. I, I believe God always wants to new, do a new thing in our lives. And I think God always wants to work in us and he always wants to work through us. Uh, I believe that God wants us to pay attention to where he's at work. And uh, our responsibility is just to simply join in and uh, do our part in regards to that. And so this year, as, as we have for many years, um, as a church, we're going to focus in, we're going to keep it real simple. We're going to focus in on a couple of, of areas. Uh, one is what Jesus tells us to do is loving people. And we're going to do that through discipleship. We're going to spend some time as, as men and women and children and youth. And we're going to discover all the things that God has for us in his word. We're going to grow together as a family. We're going to point each other to Jesus. And we're going to discover some things in God's word this year that maybe we didn't realize, maybe we didn't completely understand, but together through discipleship and discipling one another, we're going to move towards those things. And I believe the other thing that, that God wants for us this year is to be evangelistic. I know that's a big word, and I know that word kind of scares people at times because, hey, my name isn't Billy Graham, and I cannot do that kind of stuff. But uh, I want to ease your fears a little bit because I believe that um, evangelism is just simply proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, just sharing the love and hope of, of Christ and all he's done in our lives. And so um, it's a real simple process. If you think about it, um, all we have to do is, is be who God asks us to be. All we have to do in regards to evangelism is to live a life that is a reflective of who God is. And by doing so, people will see something different. They'll see the gospel proclaimed in us and because they see that, you will God, our God will work through us to draw them into a, a deep, intimate, personal responsibility. I think at times, sometimes as Christians, uh, we, we try and take too much responsibility. I know that's going to sound a little funny because I'm going to talk to you here in a minute about taking responsibility. But I also wanted to bring up the, the dynamic of, of an understanding is that, that I am responsible to you, but I'm not responsible for you. Does that make sense to everybody? So my responsibility to you as a pastor, as a friend, as, as a fellow brother in Christ is to point you to Jesus, to share with you the truths of God's word. Now, what you do with that is your responsibility. So you're responsible to God from there and versa visa. Your responsibility to me is to point me to Jesus, to help me to, to gain a greater understanding of God's word, to, to grow in my personal faith, to help me to understand that God loves me and that God has grace for me and that God has offered me something very special through this gift of salvation. And uh, my responsibility in that is to move towards that, to take the steps personally in that. And so I think sometimes as Christians, uh, we want to save people. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of people even in this room that I want to save. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, we want to save people. We want people to come to faith and, and we get a little excited about that and that's a good thing. Um, but in our effort to be evangelistic, to proclaim the gospel, I want us to make sure that we have kind of a clear understanding of our responsibility 
responsibility in our role, what we can and also what we cannot do as humans, as people, as believers in Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter, it says, In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. And then it says, Yet do this in gentleness and respect. And I think in times, in those moments when we get overexcited about trying to save someone or trying to share our faith with someone or be evangelistic, doing the things that God has led us to do, I think those are the moments that when we get a little um, overexpectant in regards to how people will respond. But I want to encourage you with this. As you share your faith, as you think about how God is working in you and how he wants to work through you, I want you to think about this. When you do that... Always lead with love. Always do it with gentleness and respect. Understanding and knowing that as you fulfill your responsibility, as you fulfill your obligation to be a disciple and an evangelist, to proclaim the goodness of Jesus Christ, that you're fulfilling your role just simply by loving and encouraging those that are around you. And from there, trust in the fact that God will do what God will do. See, because God is already at work in that person's heart. God is already at work in our community. God is already at work in our city. God is already at work in our state, in our country, and in the world. God is doing some amazing things. And there's things that we don't even see and we don't even know about. But the great thing is that we get to be a part of what God's doing here and now and today within our city and within our community here at Soul Rio Church. So I hope you're excited about the new year. I believe God has some great things in store for us. And I believe that as a church family, that if we want to be spiritually healthy, if we want to start off the new year on the right foot, that we have to do some things that are very specific in regards to what God's word tells us and how we should live for him and the things that we should do. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, it says, For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. I hope that this morning as we start this new year, as we think about our resolutions, our goals, all the things that we want to accomplish this year, as we get excited about vacations and all the plans and things that we have for 2020, I hope that we see and we start off this year with a greater understanding of how important it is for us to be spiritually healthy as a community of believers. See, spiritual health comes through spiritual training and spiritual training comes through a person's desire to grow in their understanding of who God is and what God desires. I believe 2020 is going to be a year that we make a huge impact for God's kingdom. And we'll do that together as a body of believers. Remember, it's his mission and our future. Do you believe that this morning? Are you excited for that this morning? Well, I hope you are. Well, let's pray together and then we're going to get into our passages for the day. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for a new day. Thank you for a beautiful day, Father. It's going to be a little warmer than it's been this afternoon. And we're so grateful for the sunshine. We're so grateful for the life that you've given us. This morning, as we gather together as your body, as your children, Father, uh, we come expectantly. We come to hear from you. Father, as we read your word, we trust and believe that... Uh, you are faithful in all things, Father, that you brought us into this place today for a purpose, with a reason. 
Father, there's something here that you want us to learn and to discover about not only who you are, but Father, who we are in you. Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes, you would open our ears, that, that we would move, remove any distraction, anything that maybe we, we brought with us this morning as far as a burden or a worry or something that maybe is preoccupying our minds and that, that we would turn our attention to you and that we would just be open, willing, and obedient to follow you, Lord. Thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for your love for us, the grace that you offer us. Thank you for a new year and a new day. And we look to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'd like to, if you would, turn in your Bibles to the, the book of Ephesians. Um, I would like to look at chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. And I want to read those verses together as a church. And then we'll talk a little bit about um, how we become a healthy me. In Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 1, the writer says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. See, the letter to the church at Ephesus is one that you and I can learn a great deal from. It gives us the reminder that grace has been given to each one of us through the work of Jesus Christ. Then it shows us something so important. See, it shows us how we are to live godly lives. If you look at the first part of Ephesians chapters 1 and 2, it's really all about God's grace, how he chose us before time and how he looks upon us and he sees us and he offers us this wonderful grace. And as you get into the latter chapters of this letter that Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, you see Paul expressing the dynamic and the understanding of how a healthy body of believers lives in regards to their faith, the things that they do. And he points to people very specifically. He begins to point to, to the men and then he points to the ladies. He points to the children. He points to the slave and the slave owner. And then he also points to the church, the body as a group. And so I think we can gain some, some great insight to what it looks like to become a healthy church as we start this new year. See, I believe that, that a healthy church comes out of a healthy me. If I want our church body to be healthy, then I have to be healthy personally. I have to take some responsibility for my life and how I live it and the things that I do as I live this life that God has called me to. See, the first thing that we see here, Paul telling us, is that I have to take responsibility for my own health. Verses 1 and 2, he says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, and I like how he says this, he, he doesn't hold any back, he says, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, and then do so with all humility and gentleness, with patience and bearing with one another in love. See, this is something that, that might sting a little bit for some of us, but it needs to be said. You are responsible for your own spiritual health. To you are responsibility to grow in your own faith. 
See, I can't be dependent on my mom's faith or my dad's faith. I can't hold my mom or my dad responsible for my faith or my understanding of how God wants me to live. I have to take responsibility. But more often than not, you see in the church that, that people will, will blame the other person. They'll, they'll move the responsibility. Well, you know, because my spouse isn't doing this or my spouse isn't doing that, that's why I'm not doing this or that's why I'm not doing that. Well, I'll tell you right now, I believe that when we, when we sit at the judgment seat, when every knee bows and every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we offer up that as an excuse, I don't know that God's going to take that. See, because God's going to open up this book and he's going to say, hey, Floyd, you know what? I, I asked you, I called you to do some very specific things. And you didn't do them. You didn't listen. You didn't take responsibility for the things that I've given you. You didn't take care of your own personal health. And because you didn't do that, you weren't able to help others in their walk and in their journey because you didn't take responsibility for the call, the things that I gave to you and offered you. See, at that point, I, I won't be able to blame my wife, even though I do today, but it's okay. It's her fault. We have to take responsibility for our own health. We can't blame it on our kids. We can't blame it on our spouse. We can't blame it on our parents. We have to take responsibility. See, what happens more often than not, we, we look at Sunday mornings and we see it as an opportunity to come and just listen to some type of feel-good message. And if the, the pastor doesn't say everything that I want him to say, then I just kind of walk away. I'm like, oh, that wasn't so good. I'll move on to the next and try something different. And we're looking for that, just that emotional kind of element where it just makes us feel good inside. But see, that's not taking care of our spiritual health. That's not taking responsibility for our own personal growth. See, Sunday mornings is, is more important or, or it's bigger and greater than what we think it is. See, I know I've expressed this to you before, but, but I can't help but to say it over and over and over again that Sunday mornings is more than just hearing a message. See, when the church gathers together, we do it to make sure that we are healthy, not only myself as an individual, but to ensure that my brothers and my sisters in faith are healthy. We come together to encourage one another. We come together to, to cry with one another. We come together to, to mourn with one another. We come together to, to laugh with one another. We spend time gathering together to stir each other up in the faith to lift each other up, to remind each other, to point each other to Jesus Christ. Hey, brother, are you okay this morning? Hey, hey sister, I noticed something this morning when you walked in that you just, you didn't seem right. Is everything okay? Can I, can I pray with you right now? Can I, can I be a friend to you in this moment? See, but if we don't take care of ourselves, if we don't become and, and, and want to be healthy ourselves, if we don't do the things that we need, then we can't help others be healthy. See, we have to realize that Paul is saying here, I urge you, it's so important for you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. I urge you this morning to walk in a manner worthy of the call that you've been called to. <clears throat> well, I want to offer us a 
couple couple encouragements in regards to, to doing that. When, when we gather together on Sunday mornings or when we gather for a Bible study, I want to encourage you to, to walk in step with God's Spirit. Align yourself with godly things. In every moment, in every minute, in everything that you do, align yourself with godly things. Don't remove yourself just because you're not in a church building but align yourself wherever you're at, whether you're at work, in the store, in a coffee shop, wherever you are, walk in step with God's spirit. See, the word walk, it's important for us to note because it speaks towards taking action. There is movement and progress that is associated with this term. See, when you walk, you move. And when you move, there's progress. See, if I were to come over here, I could stand right here all day long. You might wonder why Floyd's standing there all day long. It's kind of weird, isn't he? I could just stand here. I could stand here all day, all night. I could do nothing. But see, when I, when I take a step, when I start to move, when I walk in step, there's progress. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a place that God wants us to be. There's a dynamic of, of spiritual training, godly training that God wants us to move towards that moves us towards becoming more like him. And in the process, there's progress. In the movement, there's, there's progress. I begin to grow. I begin to become someone, something different for the world around me. But I have to take responsibility for that. I love what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. It says, but as for you, I like how he says you. He points at you, not me. He points at you. He says, continue. Listen to that. Continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed. Don't just stand there. Move. Don't just sit still, move, take steps towards knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. See, Paul is addressing Timothy and he's saying, hey, you've been given something. You've been called with a purpose. Don't just stand there. Use it. Move with it. Do what you need to do. Taking what you have learned and the understanding of God's word and become wiser in salvation. Gain a greater understanding. But whatever you do, keep on moving. See, that's God's encouragement to you and I. As we take responsibility in faith, we walk in step with God, what God has created for you and I. We move in alignment with who God is and what he has for us. See, we do this simply by reading God's word. We open up God's word. I mean, it, it's, it's pretty simple. I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't mean that to sound condescending, so forgive me if it does. But, but read the Bible. Take the steps to, to gain a greater understanding of the things of God. It's amazing what, what God has put in this little book. 
from beginning to end for us to be able to take responsibility for our own faith, to have a greater understanding of the life that he wants us to live, the things that he wants us to do, how we are to respond, how we are to act, how we are to behave, how we are to love, how we are to care for, all the things that God created us to do and be here for. We study it. We learn it. And you know what? We get to enjoy the riches of it. I tell you what, and I don't mean this to sound braggy at all, so don't, don't take it that way, but my life today, because of God's word, is so much richer than it was before I knew God's word. I, I believe that, and I feel that, and I know that. There's, there's a sense of joy that I have regardless of the moments. Don't get me wrong, I, I still cry, I still mourn, I still weep, I, I still suffer, I still have hard times, I still struggle with people in my life, I still have people that, that don't like me, I still have all of that stuff, but because I know and I depend and I see God's promises actively at work in my own life, I have a peace and a joy that I really just can't put into words. And it just simply comes from reading God's word. Make a plan. Open up God's word. Start in the Proverbs. Start in Matthew. Start in the Gospel of John. Start in Genesis. Start wherever, but just start. Take responsibility for your own faith. The second thing I, I want to offer you is this. Is, and, I, and I believe this is a critical part that sometimes as Christians we forget about. Because we'll, we'll, we'll read God's word and we'll, we'll learn from it. And we'll do that part. But the second part, the second encouragement I want to offer you is, is to discover your calling. And this is what I mean by this. See, a calling is just simply understanding what your responsibility is in God's kingdom. See, when God calls someone he calls them to do something specific. See, there's this, this dynamic of a, a partnership, a, a covenant. We know that, that the God of the Bible is a, is a covenant God. He enters into to a covenant relationship with his people. He created us to be in this covenant relationship, this partnership between him and I. So when we come to faith, we enter into this covenant relationship with God. I put my trust, I put my belief in the God that created all things. I trust in the fact that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that he died on a cross, he rose again on the third day, and he conquered death so that I can live eternally. So I, I have that understanding. I, I move towards that, and as I grow and I understand, God calls me and he moves me to, to a greater understanding of a knowing what my call is, what my role and my responsibility is in his kingdom. Do you know what your calling is this morning? Do you know what your role is in God's kingdom? Because I'll tell you, if God's invited you into relationship, he's got a place for you. He's got something for you. I can promise you that. I love what it says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It says, but you are a chosen race. And remember, Peter's talking to the Gentiles in this. He says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, 
a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. See, you and I are called to proclaim the goodness of Jesus Christ. This is our calling. And I, and I won't leave it there because I don't want you to think that I have to be, again, a Billy Graham. But our calling as we proclaim the, the good news of Jesus Christ comes in various forms. Now, I tell you what, um, you guys are gonna, might think I'm silly for saying this, but there's people, there's a team of people that are play, proclaiming the goodness of Jesus Christ by feeding us and making us coffee every Sunday morning. They really are. See, because they're doing that to show you and I some love. I don't know about you, but I love coffee. <laughs> it's a guilty pleasure, maybe. I don't know. And the little hot dogs. You got that one right. Okay. That's why I get here early for those. You thought it was just for the chairs, right? It's the hot dogs. So. But, but I, I'm serious. They're, they're proclaiming the goodness of Jesus Christ. They're, they're preparing for us to hear the good news of Jesus. They're doing things so that, that the love of God would, would, would just shine. The excellencies of what God is and who he is will be proclaimed. And for many, we see that as something, well, no big deal. You know, they just make coffee. But it is a big deal. It makes the difference. See, you will make the difference. When you discover your calling, when you discover the things that God has given you and that, that those things that you have were given to you for this one purpose. And I believe this with all my heart when I say this. You have what you have to serve others. You've been given what you've been given to serve others. See, it's not about you. It's about others. If, if you have something, it's not for you to have. It's for you to use to bless and benefit others. Romans 12, Paul, he gets right to the point to the church in verses 6 through 8. He says, having gifts that differ, all right, he's acknowledging that everyone has gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. He says, let us, what? Use them. Let us serve each other with them. He says, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. See, because when we do them in the way that God asks us to do them, when we acknowledge and understand our calling and we do them for the glory of God, others benefit. You and I will be blessed. And the key here is that we just have to use them. See, our gifts may be different, but when we use them to serve others, we are united in faith. See, he expects us to use our gifts well. See, we are to be the best stewards of what we have by using what we've been given to help others, to be generous, to be faithful, to bring glory and honor to God. 
See, when we are spiritually healthy, when I am spiritually healthy, then I can trust that God's church will also be healthy. See, a healthy me makes a healthy church. Do you guys believe that this morning? Because I don't know about you guys, but I, I want the church to be healthy. You know what I mean? I, I-, I want people to say, hey, you know, those, those Christians over there, they're amazing. They're awesome. You know, they're doing some things that are just blowing our minds. You know, instead we, we hear something different in our culture, don't we? You know, when people talk about the church, they, they don't always talk about us very well, do they? Why is that? I mean, that's a question that we really have to ask ourselves. Why, why don't they say good things about us? Well, probably because we're not doing good things. Probably because we're not taking responsibility for our own health. And we, we come to church and we, we lift up our hands and we sing some songs and we feel good and we leave here and then we go out into the world and there's nothing different. Nobody would ever know that we were a Christian. Nobody would ever know that, that, that we have a God that loves us and that our lives have been changed because of the salvation and the grace that he's given us. That's something for us to think about as we enter into this new year, as we think about the health of the church, as we think about all the things that God is, is going to place before us in this new year. Well, I want to I close with this. I want us to, to, to know and leave here knowing this, that my responsibility to the church is to be healthy. My responsibility as a pastor to you is to be healthy spiritually. My, my responsibility is to take responsibility for my own personal health. But, but I want to offer you this. And, and I want to ask you this. I, I don't want to do it alone. I want, I, want, I want you to know that, that I need you to help me. And I, I want you to acknowledge the same thing, that, that you need me, you need those that sit around you to help you as you do that, as you take responsibility. See, when there's a healthy me, there'll be a healthy we. If the church is healthy, it means that the people that make up the body are healthy. And in order for the church to be healthy, each part of the body has to be healthy. If you look at our passage again in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6, he says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. See, that's a picture of a healthy body. There's this unity, there's this oneness, there's this togetherness. And when the hand is hurting, when the hand is sick, the body doesn't function as one. When the leg is hurting, when the leg is sick, the body doesn't function as one. So there's oneness and unity and it's us as a church working together, understanding that my responsibility to the church is to make sure that I take responsibility for my own personal spiritual health. See, it's your role as part of the body 
to make sure you stay united as one. This takes effort and it takes an investment. See, and you invest by simply doing some simple things. You gather together as the church. You meet. Come on Sunday mornings. Hang out during the week in a small group or in a Bible study. I tell you what, we, we've got a ton of them planned for the new year. There's not going to be an excuse that you don't have an opportunity. The only excuse that you're going to have is that I just chose not to. To gather together. And then as you do that, seek to gain insight. When you gather together, open up God's word. Discover God's riches that he's given you. Discover the things that God has for you together and encourage one another. And then give. Give generously. Financially, spiritually, in every way. Whatever God has given you, give to somebody else. Use your gifts, your talents, your abilities, your, what do they say, it? times, treasure, wait, talents, treasures, and what's the other one? The three T's? Time, thank you. Give it. Give it all. Fully surrender. One of my, my 2020 goals, I'm one of those guys that, that usually writes out his goals every year. And this is going to sound kind of broad, but this is what I believe God has asked of me this year. I, I've told God that I'm going to give him more of me. Because if I'm honest with God and I'm honest with you guys, I haven't given him all of me. There's some areas in my life that I think maybe I'm holding back a little bit. That may sound shocking to you because I'm a pastor, but it's just the truth because I'm human. I, I haven't given everything to God. And I want to give more. So I'm going to go on a journey this year as one of my goals is to, to, to discover what that more is. Because I, I really don't know what that is specifically. I just know that God wants more of me. See, because I have to be responsible for my own health. And I know that my own health helps you to be responsible for your own health. So here's the challenge for 2020. Make a plan to train towards godliness. Start with a plan to read God's word. Include someone in on this plan. Don't do it alone. Make a commitment to gather often. Make a commitment to be faithful in your desire to become spiritually healthy. Do it because a healthy me equals a healthy church. And together as a body of believers, let's take responsibility for our health. Let's do it because we know that God has called us to be one body with one faith, serving one God who is father of all. And I say this, I urge you, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your love and for your grace. Thank you for this morning, Father. Thank you for your word and your encouragement. This letter that, that Paul wrote to the church at, at Ephesus applies to each and every one of us as your church, as part of your body. Father, I, I believe that every one of us in here has a sincere desire to walk in a manner that is worthy. But Father, there are times that, that we don't always know how to do that. And there are times that, Father, we just simply don't want to do that. But Father, I pray this morning that each and every one of us would would open our hearts to you, that we would allow your spirit to guide our steps. 
that, that our responses and our words and our actions and our lives would be a reflection of the fruit of your spirit. And that fruit will bear because we walk in step with who you are. Father, our lives will be a reflection of who you are in us. Father, that you would guide us and show us the things that you have for us, Father. And in the moments that, that maybe we don't want to walk, maybe in the moments that, that we don't want to trust, or even in the moments that, that we don't want to believe, Father, that, that you, would, you would just wrap your loving arms around us. Father, that you would show us that patience, that kindness. Father, that you would remind us of the grace that you've given us through your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, thank you again for a new year. Thank you for a new day. Because we know the breath that we breathe is your breath, Father. The life that you've given us is, is your life. And so in this new year, as we seek to become a healthy me and a healthy church, Father, we know that we have to surrender. We know that we have to give over, Father, that we have to, to, to move away from the things that maybe we love and the, maybe the things that, that we think are okay, Father. And we have to give them to you, Father. We have to turn from them. And we have to trust and believe in you, Father. Father sometimes that's hard. But Father, I, I pray that you would remind us not only do we have you as we do those things, Father, but we have one another to encourage each other, to stir each other up in our faith, to love one another, to serve one another. Father, help us to be that healthy church. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., for directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ committed to live by faith to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.